Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Honey Star. What up? I have an update this week. I'm very excited to announce. <laughs> so the past six weeks, I've been working on... Sorry. An- I, uh, I, no? No drum roll? I, I, I need to, like, ease into it. Explain. No, it's fine. Go ahead. Uh, so, sorry. Yeah, no, it's fine. So these past six weeks, I've been taking a... English teaching course. It's called the CELTA Cambridge English Language Teaching for Adults. And finally, after a long and perilous six weeks, I finished the course! Yes, Yes, I'm very happy to um, have finished because it was very intense. Um, But that brings us to this week's topic. So this week... um, since college graduation season's coming up. Yo, class of 2022, rise up. Shout out to class of 2022. Gang, gang, gang. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we're, you know, classes are ending. The semester's Not wrapping up. Enough, yeah. yeah. But we thought it'd be a good, one of the things that I did after graduating college, and I've seen a lot of other people do as well, is teach English abroad. Yep, I've seen it all over TikTok. People are like, this is how you can teach English abroad. And all the comments are like, I want to do this so bad. And then in my mind, I'm like, Silali literally does that. Yeah, I literally did that. So just a little background. I graduated college in 2020 and I knew I wanted to teach English abroad. So I applied to the Fulbright in Mexico and then I applied to Tapif in France. So I did not get accepted to the Fulbright in Mexico, but I did get accepted to France. So then in October, I packed my things. And as you've all heard plenty of times on this podcast, <laughs> I went to France. Uh, every episode, I think. Yeah, I think literally every episode. <laughs> Sorry, guys. But now I get a whole episode to talk about. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Joy. <laughs> yeah, but then I did spend a year there. Um, and it was great. So for those of you that are curious into doing this... Um, this is the episode for you. Yes. And we think the timing comes up perfectly with people graduating or, um, maybe like juniors going into seniors next year and not really sure what you want to do yet. But we do have to give a bit of a disclaimer. So me and Melissa both have American citizenship and I guess, I mean, I don't know. Unfortunately, it is, your passport does make a big difference in the countries you're able to travel to and there is such a thing as passport privilege so a lot of these programs are only available to americans canadians british people australian there's some irish people in my program uh so you know english-speaking countries and so unfortunately the country you're from does a lot of times limit your access to travel so we're going to start off mostly discussing this from an american perspective because we're Americans and that's our experiences. But at the end, I do have some a bit of information on maybe non-native English speakers or people from other countries that are interested in pursuing this path. So let's get started. Okay, so first we want to talk about, or I want to talk about who this applies to. Like who would be interested in this program? Um, so for example, I studied abroad in college and I absolutely loved it. I went to Belgium. And I knew that if I wanted to travel, since I don't have parents that can fund my travel expenses. We're broke. 
if you haven't figured that out from like, you know, <laughs> maybe all the raccoons living in our house <laughs> or the roaches, <laughs> we knew. Um, or our lack of um, shoes and jackets. We've talked about that? Yeah, when we were kids. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Getting bullied for wearing the same jacket for, like, a year straight. Yeah. So, but I knew I really wanted to travel from, like, freshman year of undergrad. I just knew I'd have to get creative if I wanted to travel. So that's what I had to do to study abroad. I ended up finding a lot of scholarships and getting those that allowed me to travel. And afterwards, I was like, okay, I like that. I want to keep traveling. I don't have the money to do it, so I have to get creative. And that led me to apply to the Fulbright and TAPIF, Teaching Assistant Program in France. Okay. So if you love studying abroad and you want to do it again for maybe six months to a whole year, this is a great opportunity. Also, maybe if you didn't get a chance to study abroad in college, because I've heard that's like a lot of people's like biggest regrets. Do you like regret or do you wish you could have done that? I wish I had the like option to. That's not really a thing with like... For my school's, like, nursing program, it's not really a choice. I mean, I could have done it over summer or something. Oh, really? Yeah, but it's just a lot of extra money and stuff. Um, So, I mean, I guess it would have been nice to be able to do it, but, I mean, obviously I still want to travel in the future, so I'm not, like, too bummed. Yeah, and it's also, like, now you'll be, like, traveling and you'll have, like, actual money to travel. And I won't be, like, having to do schoolwork or, like, worry about school during it. No one does that one during a study <laughs> abroad. <laughs> I also think that'd be a good episode for the future, so hopefully we can talk about that again. Mm-hmm. So I can talk about studying abroad <laughs> for a whole episode. Um, but, yeah, if you, like, didn't get a chance to do that, then I think that's a good opportunity if you want to travel but, like, don't have the means to do it. Secondly, or thirdly, sorry... If you, like, are graduating and, like, you have no idea what you want to do with your life, take a freaking gap year, dude. You have, like, the rest of your life to, like, work a real job. And I don't want to speak on this profession like it's not a real job because if you – a lot of people treat it like a gap year, but you can also treat it like a profession. It all depends on your goals because a lot of people do treat it just, like, as a gap year thing. Whereas, like, the course that I just completed, it's because I do see, like, a future in this career and I really like it. That's another thing I wish I could have done is take a gap year after college, but if I went a year dilly-dallying and then came back to nursing, I would, like, completely forget everything. Oh, <laughs> I would not be safe to work yeah. with people. Because I was trying to get Melissa to come and um, go. To, I wanted to go to Australia because there's a really good visa that you... I don't know if they're still doing it with COVID. That's another disclaimer. A lot of this stuff, you have to, like, do extra research because who knows how COVID shifted things. But I was trying to tell myself, like, let's go to Australia for a year. But unfortunately, that's not possible for her. I wanted to, but I will be coming to Australia one day. To find your husband? Yep. <laughs> yep. I was going to say, you're going to be, like, in the middle of the Australian forest fires. Like, yeah. hi, <laughs> someone. Maybe. I'll be, like, a cat on a tree. <laughs> <laughs> on a tree. Somebody help me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then... A lot of people also, like in the program I was on in France, uh, they kind of used it as like a gap year before going to grad school because a lot of people did end up doing grad school in France. So it's a good time to like, my hours were definitely not intensive at all. I was working like 12 hours a week. Um, (laughs) That's the dream. Honestly, yeah. So you had a lot of free time to, like people studied for like French exams 
or like applied for master's programs. So it's a good time to like vibe abroad. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so now let's get into the requirements. Um, So as in order to apply for these programs, you must have usually, if you want to like usually a good program, you must have a bachelor's, but this can be in any subject. So I studied international studies. It applied pretty perfectly to this genre of work. Could I do that with my nursing degree? I think nursing, yes, but it'd be more so like an issue for you, like you mentioned. What do you mean? Like how it would affect your nursing career. Like if one day I was just like, I don't want to do nursing anymore. I want to go live in uh, Portugal and teach them English. Yeah, you um, actually maybe not. Europe is tricky to get into. Oh. Europe's a tricky market. But if you wanted to go to like Asia, then yeah. Okay, work. Yeah, so there's that plan. Um, or a lot of people I heard they'll like work in like the corporate world for like five or six years, <laughs> <laughs> and then go crazy as anyone would. Mm-hmm. And that's gonna be me after one year of working <laughs> after a month, dude. <laughs> Yeah, and so then people, like, they'll just use this as, like, time to travel and, like, make some money. Because most of the times you're not making bank. Like I said, I was working 12 hours, so I was only making, like, eight fifty a month. So I was really scraping pennies. If you worked, like, normal hours, like... Like a 40-hour work... Actually, the work week in France is 35, but... What a blessing. Right. So if you worked, like, a full work week, would it be, like, decent money or would it still be not that much? Compared to, like, a job in America or something? Um, it depends on the country, and it depends on, like, the living expenses in that country. Mm. So, like, Korea pays pretty well, but it's also more expensive to live there. Mm. Whereas France is expensive, and it didn't pay well, (laughs) so I was really scraping pennies. Um, but I think also your student loans can be deferred. Let's go! (laughs) I think, don't quote me on that. Deferred, like... I think is either you can apply for in an income-based repayment plan and... That the money you make goes towards your loans? What do you mean? Like, what was, what were those words you just said? Income-based repayment plan? Yeah, what is that? Basically, if you're, like, unemployed, you don't have to pay your student loan. Let's go! <laughs> no, really Why do I have a job? <laughs> but I think the way it goes is when you're abroad, your money doesn't count. I'm not sure how it works, but basically when you're abroad, you don't have to pay your loans. I think, don't quote me on this, I'm actually not entirely sure. People are going to, like, be getting arrested for not paying their student (laughs) loans because you told them. Honestly, if your loans are high enough, just flee the country. I would do that. Um. (laughs) Okay. So, bachelor's in any subject. Then a TEFL cert, teaching English... Oh, God. Oh, my God. I don't know what TEFL stands for. That's so embarrassing. (gasps) Whatever. But a TEFL certificate is optional. Sometimes it might make your application look a bit better, but you don't necessarily need it. But it also depends on the countries. I think countries, some countries do look favorably on it, like Thailand. Then you have to be a native English speaker. Um, If you are not a native English speaker, sometimes you have to, like, jump through extra hoops. So, like, take, like, an English proficiency exam. English technically isn't... I know, I, I don't think it was my first language. I don't, do you know if it was your first language? Um, probably not. Yeah, because, I mean, we both had, like, we have Mexican parents, so our first language was not English, you know? Yeah, we didn't learn English to, like, school and, like, 
TV and stuff. Yeah, so I, like, still, like, I've on applications I put that English is my first language because, like, I'm afraid, like, I know especially in this career, like, it would impact your chances of getting a job. I do the opposite. I'll say that English is not my first language <laughs> really? just because it's, like, a little, like, spicy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but in this, I mean, because, like, if they heard me speaking, I don't think they would know that Spanish was technically my first language. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you got a bachelor's, a TEFL cert, uh, native English speaker, and then this one depends on the country and the program, but sometimes you have to know a bit of the language. So, for example, when I applied for the Fulbright in Mexico, I had to know Spanish. Well, which I already did, so I like really didn't have to. I don't. I didn't have to prove anything. I had to. I had a Spanish teacher at my school interview me, and then she kind of signed off and was like, "Okay, she knows Spanish." Um, and then my interview with Fulbright was in Spanish, like completely in Spanish. And then for Tapif in French, I also had to know French. Um, and for that one, there was no interview, but I did have to write a paper in French, which oh God. was completely Google Translate. <laughs> like, <laughs> I wrote that whole thing on Google. And they said like, I mean, obviously it wasn't supposed to be Google Translated, but no one's allowed to edit it. Like it's supposed to be like completely your own. Mm. No one edited it except for my friend Google Translate. Yeah. Um, and that one went better because I got in, so whatever. And that one required like a B1 level, so like intermediate. And I also had to have a teacher sign off and saying that I had a level in French. Okay, but so that depends. Would you, would you recommend like taking languages in college or like high school or something? It depends on the country. If you're really interested in a country then it helps but like you like if you're in engineering or like you in nursing you don't always have that flexibility in your schedule right but like for another good program is epic and jet epics for south korea and jet is for japan and you don't need to speak korean or japanese to get in like you don't even i don't think you need any knowledge at all wow that's a little like strange actually (laughs) it's like shouldn't you know a little bit if you're gonna go teach (laughs) English in this country. Annyeonghaseyo. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it depends on the country. I also met some girls who were doing a program like that in Spain. And I don't think Spain, you're required to know Spanish. Yeah. But I'm sure it would help your application look better. Okay, so now that you've got your requirements, the first step, you have to pick a country or pick several. Like I mentioned, I applied to France and... Mexico through two different programs and I was going to apply to Spain but I literally didn't apply because their application was ugly and I didn't want to fill it out <laughs> yeah I like opened it it just like was like a website that looked like it was from like when the internet was first invented and I was like yeah I'm not filling this out so I remember this one hospital system I was applying to I was like dude their like job search page is so ugly did and you end up applying I did because I had to but they're like a really like renowned famous health system and I'm like call them out I'm like this is your website this for you <laughs> no <laughs> we are because that's why all basketball sucks <laughs> this is an all being cut out <laughs> Okay. Anyways, okay. So pick a country. (laughs) Did I just get you fired? (laughs) Okay. And like this, you can factor in like whatever, like your interest, maybe a language you know or want to know. A lot of the countries I want to go to are literally because I want to like learn that language. 
So, you know, that's like up to you and apply to as many countries as you want. Or you can use it as like a backup plan to like grad school just to have options. If you're still in college, see if you have like an advisor for, this is specifically for Fulbright. The Fulbright is very competitive. Clearly I didn't get in. (laughs) (laughs) But like my school had a Fulbright advisor and she really helped me through all the steps. She looked at like my letter of interest or letter of motivation, whatever those are called. And yeah, so if your school has one of those, like check and they can really help you out. Next, you're going to need documents. So references, usually two, a transcript and like a letter of motivation, letter of interest, cover letter, one of those things. Our last piece of advice, we're going to be hypocrites. Don't wait till the last minute. You are a hypocrite. This is your advice. Didn't we? I was just thinking back (laughs) to the day I submitted. It is a miracle that I got to go to France. I remember I missed the deadline, the original deadline. I think it was like January 15th. And then I was like, oh, well, I guess I'll just put all my money in Mexico. And then I got an email from like the France department or whoever was in charge of the program saying that the deadline had been extended like two weeks. So the only reason I was able to go was because they extended that deadline. And even after they extended, we still are... We were like at a Barnes and Nobles and I was like working on this paper, this, um, the French document I had to write. I had to like Google translate (laughs) (laughs) and, um, my sister, you were working on like your nursing, what was it? It was my nursing application and it was the last day it was due. Yeah. So we were both there, like both of our things was due like that day (laughs) and we submitted and I remember we celebrated afterwards with Red Robin. With Red Robin. And we both ended up getting in. Yeah, we did. And it's crazy, like, going to, I don't, like, want to sound really cheesy, but it was very, like, a very pivotal moment for me, like, the time I spent in France. Mm -hmm. So I can't imagine what would have happened or what I would have done had I not gotten in. Yeah. Or had had they not extended the deadline, you know? (laughs) Okay. So don't don't do what we did. (laughs) It's very stressful. Or, I mean, do it, because it clearly worked out for us. (laughs) Okay, and now some, like, Fulbright usually requires an interview. Um, Like I said, Fulbright is also very competitive, but I encourage you to apply. But yeah, usually for those, you have to do an interview and sometimes in the language. Like, I had to do mine in Spanish, like I mentioned. So practice, especially if your interview is in a different language. Um, I remember I would, like, practice with my mom. (laughs) And my Spanish is a lot worse than I thought. Like, it was, um, but I did fine on the interview. And I also practice with one of my advisors. Then while you're waiting, because it usually takes a few months, like usually these are due sometime in like January or February. I think Fulbright's due even earlier, like in December, because they usually like, you'll be like a semifinalist and then like a finalist. So in the meantime, I think it really helps to learn the language. Um, It'll make it so much easier like while you're in the country. So you know, even if you're just going to, like, Japan or Korea, like, learn a couple phrases. I know it's, like, a difficult language. Um, get, on, get on your Duolingo. Uh, Lingo Deer is really good if you're used learning, like, Eastern languages, like Chinese, Korean, or Japanese. They're, I love Duolingo. I have ridden so hard for Duolingo. I am friends with you on Duolingo um, because you wanted us all to, like, learn a language together and we didn't. And I get literal notifications from you. It's like, congratulate Silali. She just had a 645-day streak. I wish. Like, she just placed number one in the top platinum golden league <laughs> out of 
everyone in the world. <laughs> I love Duolingo with a passion. I'm and I'm like, like, why are you telling me this? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, you're acting like I sent you those notifications. I'm like... I know. Why is the duo bird telling me this? Also, the duo bird is freaky. Like... You don't love the duo bird? No. I want to get him, like, tattooed in my body. <laughs> <laughs> you honestly should. Yeah. No, but, like, the Duolingo TikTok is unhinged. That's, like, what's so great about it. They it's... leave very strange comments. I'm like, is this, like, allowed? Wait, like what? I don't remember. I just remember seeing them, like, under any viral TikTok. And it'll be comments where I'm like, this should not be coming from a company. <laughs> <laughs> Like, they need to chill a little. That's what I love. That's what everyone loves about Duolingo. Like, the, their, their TikTok, at least. They're so quirky. They're not like other companies. <laughs> My literal dream, like, I can die happily if Duol- the Duolingo account ever comments. <laughs> I'm manifesting this now, like, on any of my dumb TikToks or our dumb TikToks. Like, imagine if they commented on one of your videos before <laughs> mine. I would, like, strangle you. Oh my god. But yeah, I I love Duolingo, but sorry, their um, Asian languages are notoriously not that great. So Lingo Deer is better, but you have to pay for it. How uh, much? Right now they're having a sale, um, $80 annually, Oof. but normally it's like $150. Oof. And I think I missed the sale, so I might have to pay the $150. It's pretty steep. Is that worth it? Uh, I, th- I think if you're going to commit to it, but I think also if you pay for it, you're more likely to commit to it. That's true. This is not sponsored, by the way. <laughs> I will ride this hard for Duolingo any day of the week. Don't Y'all don't even have to pay for me. Pay, pay me. Okay. So you've applied. You picked your countries. You sent your documents. You interviewed. Now you're just waiting. So like we mentioned, learn the language. And so you've been accepted. Uh, Woohoo. Now you can chill, right? Wrong. Oh. <laughs> Now actually is like the time where you'll probably be the most stressed out because you have to apply for a visa. And that is one of the most stressful things you can do. Visas are such a pain, but everyone's got to do them. So don't complain too much. I mean, you don't have to. (laughs) No, (laughs) trust me. I uh, had some visa issues and that's the last thing you want to run into. So visa, once again, do not wait till the last minute to do it. It takes minimum two to three months if you're lucky. That's if, like, everything gets done on time. If you don't live in, like, a major city. And we live in a pretty, like, we live in the capital of our state. And even then, I had to drive up once, like, to go, for my Belgian visa, I had to go to Atlanta. And for my French visa, I had to go to D.C. Road trip. Yeah, it's kind of fun because uh, one time I went with my boyfriend and Melissa. And me, I went with you guys to Atlanta. Yeah, that was fun. And then in D.C. I went with one of my friends. So honestly, it can be a good time, but um, you just, you have to like, if you don't already live in one of those cities, you have to drive out. So is it like you have to go where an embassy of your country, of the country you're going to is? Yeah. So oh. like I had to get my Belgian visa. I mean, you were there at the Belgian embassy. Yeah. The lady was, she was rude, but also like. I kind of deserved it because I, like, didn't have my documents. <laughs> I was, like, a mess. Hadn't slept. I was missing a document. <laughs> when you go, bring all your freaking documents because I ended up getting my Belgian visa late, like, mm. after my flight. <laughs> I remember that. And then I had to, like, reschedule my flight and, like, pay an extra, like, 400 bucks. And then I missed, like, the orientation of my school. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was a whole or- ordeal. So start as soon as possible. Don't procrastinate on anything. Also, uh. from my own personal experience... 
outside of studying abroad. If you like need to renew your passport, also do that soon because that also takes a fat minute. How long did yours take? So the deal with my passport was it expired when I turned 16 or something. So it was something, it was just something about how like the last time I had it was when I was a kid and I had to get it again as an adult or something. But I haven't been traveling in the recent years. So I was like, I don't need it. And I finally ended up getting it. I went to go get it in July and then I got it in like November or something. Damn. I didn't know it took that long. I think, I think it took that long. It was, it was a minute. Did you have to, did you do it at your school or did you do it? I did it at the post office. Dang, you should have done it at your school. That might've taken less time. I was home. It was summer. Okay. Um, yeah, so all that stuff. That is going to take a minute. Like, passports, visas, that's going to take months. Yeah, yeah. Especially, like, if you're looking at doing this, one of the things that you have to make sure your pass, get your passport out of the way, like, during the application process. Because, like Melissa said, it takes a while. (laughs) I did mine at my school and it actually was really fast. So I'd suggest doing it at your university if you can. Okay, so visa, you have to get a lot of documents. This all depends on the visa type. But usually, like, um, like a confirmation letter that you've been accepted to the program. I've had to get, like, fingerprints done before, like, FBI background checks. I've had to get things apostilled. What? Basically confirming it's, like, legit. I think that's what that was. My Belgian one required, I think, a lot more than my French one. My French one was pretty easy. Uh, then you go there in person. has to be in person. And then you, like, complete the process in person. Like we mentioned, don't wait, wait till the last minute. It takes a while. And often requires travel. So then you got your visa back. You got the nice little cute stamp. Yep. With all my visa pictures, all the pictures in my pa- my passport is literally a collection of the worst <laughs> photos I've ever taken in my life. When, if we ever do a face reveal one day, we have to one day show our passport photos. Is yours awful too? Do you remember that one time we both went to Walgreens <laughs> photos you've ever seen of a person in your life (laughs) like they were both each of ours was so bad I remember my passport picture because I have this really bad issue of like (laughs) I just like laugh in like uncomfortable like you will catch me cracking up at a funeral one day like and so the poor dude sometimes people think it's funny but sometimes people are like dude you're freaking annoying me and this guy was the latter (laughs) And so he was taking, every time he was getting ready to take my picture, I would just start laughing. (laughs) So the poor dude had to like redo it like three times. And then finally the third one, it was not a good picture (laughs) at all. The guy literally offered, he's like, I can do it again. (laughs) You're going to have this picture for 10 years. You sure this is the one you want? (laughs) And I kept it because I was like, we're going to be here for an hour because I can't stop laughing. Because passport photos have such dumb rules. Yeah, you can't, like, smile. Like, you can't show your teeth, but you can smile with your lips, and you have to tuck your hair befi- behind your ears and <laughs> I didn't look know that like was a, a thing. little dummy. <laughs> <laughs> so ugly. Like, that is so unnecessary. What, am I going to, like, hide my ears or something and I'm, like, a different person? <laughs> right? Like, like who's what ears? is the point? <laughs> I remember, I don't, I'm not a very sweaty person, fortunately. But my password picture, that's probably the sweatiest I've been in, like, 20 years. <laughs> I, you could, like, see your reflection in my face as that password photo because I was so greasy. Wait, yours or mine? Both, I mean, both of ours, but I was talking about mine. <laughs> I remember we were both just really greasy. <laughs> you were so sweaty that Had, night. like, really, like, awkward, like, closed mouth smiles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was, 
Yeah, so um, get your passports. <laughs> and then that's the thing. Like, my passport picture's bad, and then my visa picture's <laughs> just, like, <laughs> consecutively worse. <laughs> I forgot which ID picture it was, but you showed me one. <laughs> and it's literally the funniest picture I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> like, I thought, like, we got our passport, those passport photos we were talking about, that was in 2018. But you showed me one more recently. I was like, wow, I didn't think one could top the, the password <laughs> photo, but that was gold. <laughs> I was like, no, this is the worst picture of my life. And every time I get a visa, I'm like, no, that's the worst picture of my life. <laughs> like, I remember my my Belgian one was just so representative of, like, my, my mental state at the time. Like, no sleep. I was, like, scrambling to get all my documents, and I still forgot some. And it literally looks like a mugshot. It's so bad. Okay, um, so you got your ugly visa back <laughs> and your disgusting passport photo. Your greasy passport photo. Now it's time to pack. <laughs> and remember what an ugly piece of shit you are. I'm going to pack those blotting sheets. <laughs> pack some masks so you don't have to show your face at all. Makeup to clean that mug of yours. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, pack. Um, I'm like, this isn't all just me being a hypocrite, but this part most certainly is. <laughs> Both times I've had to pack and leave the country, I literally started like two days before I was leaving. I did packing the night before I was leaving. I remember the day the day I was leaving to go to France to go to the airport. Um, I was like Uber, um, no, what's it called? Like Instacarting stuff from like Walmart. <laughs> really? Yeah. Like I was like, oh, I don't have the right charger. Like I need a charger. So I was like on oh Instacart getting the guy to come and he, he got me the wrong charger. So it didn't even <laughs> <laughs> Literally the wrong charger. Um, so yeah, pack ahead of time. Like don't, you will save yourself so much stress. I don't think I ever end up forgetting like major, major things, fortunately. What's like a major thing that if you forgot it, you would be like, I need to go back to America. Oh, shit. I'm turning this plane around. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to issue a bomb threat to the plane (laughs) (laughs) so we can go back. (laughs) I can't think of anything. Um, One thing I always forget, I remember I always forget like um, either a charger or, like, the, the wall thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Remember, if you're going to Europe or any – most countries, you have to use a different um, – God, what are those things called? Outlet. The outlet thing you plug into the wall. Plug. The wall connector thing. Wall adapter. Adapter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you need, like – most countries, you have to get, like, um, different ones. So remember that. Otherwise, you're going to get there and, like, you're going to have a dead-ass phone and you're <laughs> to charge it. Also, like, portable battery packs really help. Okay, um, and then, I mean, usually, I think the best time to buy your ticket is three months out and then three weeks out. So somewhere in that time frame, you'll usually get a good price. Anything outside of that, you're going to be paying a pretty penny. Okay, so now you got your ugly visa, <laughs> you packed all your ugly clothes, <laughs> <laughs> and you bought your ugly ticket. <laughs> time to leave. <laughs> and see if you can get hotter in another country. I'm get out of here. <laughs> Let's just go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you you said your goodbyes. 
You know what else I always do that, like, really ends up stressing me out? What? Like, oh, wait, I know. It's, like, waiting until the last minute to, like, say goodbye to everyone, and then you're making all these plans. Yeah, I think, like, the day before, the week before I leave, I'm, like, meeting up with, like, ten different people. <laughs> lots of who I haven't spoken to in, like, four years, <laughs> you know? <clears throat> yeah, don't space it out or try to, you know? Or maybe sometimes, like, if you haven't spoken in five years, <laughs> what's it if you don't speak for, like, six, you know? It doesn't matter. So then say bye to your family. Like, that part actually, like, I think one of the only times I've ever seen my dad cry was, like, when I was, like, leaving the country. Mm. So it really, like, oh, that, that hurts. Honestly, I don't, like, remember when you left. Yeah, I didn't think so. Either times. I think it's because <laughs> I, I went back to school. I remember I literally dropped you off at the um, train station when I was leaving for France. Yeah, and then that was the last time I saw you for, like, a year. <laughs> yep. And it was very, like, I was, like, running a little late, so I was like, okay, bye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He, like, left my car door open. (laughs) Okay. So now you landed in whatever country you applied to. You're here. You made it. Hopefully, if your plane didn't (laughs) (laughs) If that bomb threat wasn't real. (laughs) Okay, so you're in the country. First things first. Actually, this is very important, and I've learned this through traveling. When you arrive in... Pee. <laughs> pee. <laughs> pee on the plane. Bring diapers. <laughs> so when you arrive in a country... Oh, I completely forgot this. Bring currency. I almost got really screwed in France because I didn't... I waited till like the day before I was leaving to go like try and get some euros. And they're like, yeah, you have to order those like weeks in advance. Really? Yeah. You can't just like do a little switcheroo? No. No. Um, at least not at the, maybe because COVID affected that. Also, oh, I keep forgetting things, but COVID stuff, you, make sure you check, um, like when I went to France, I had to get like a PCR test 72 hours before my flight, which it was super stressful. Um, but fortunately it came on time. So make sure you check all the COVID regulations and all the stuff ahead of time. Cause lots of times you either have to show like proof of vaccination or like a t- negative test, even if you've been vaccinated. So double check on that. Okay, so now you're at the country. When you're there, I think the most important things, check and see, like, have a hostel booked ahead of time. So, and check and see how far, like, something close to the airport, okay? Actually, I'd say maybe closer in, like, the center city, but not too far from the airport. Because you're probably either going to have to take a taxi or Uber. So have the hostel booked ahead of time and kind of have, like, have an idea how far is the ho- the airport from the hostel so you can like kind of gauge how expensive the- it'll be also it helps to do this in the airport if you can but get a sim card as soon as possible i think that's one of the first things to worry about is getting a sim card because the sooner you have like a sim card the sooner you can get data and data is like one of the most important things you'll need sounds like you're saying the sooner you get a sim card the sooner you can have dates <laughs> <laughs> that works too. <laughs> yeah, no, but seriously, get a SIM card. And then the other thing you'll really need is to make sure you have currency, like whatever money. It helps to have in cash because sometimes cards have issues. So try and get, either come with money or like try and exchange it. So SIM card, money, hostel, okay? And then from here, it depends on your program because some programs will give you housing. Some programs you're like screwed and you have to look for it yourself. So you might have to stay in the hostel for like a week or two while you look for a place or stay in the hostel for a few days uh, before you go to like your final destination. 
Um, like when I was in Mar, I stayed in Marseille for like Marseille. a week. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> I love Marseille. Um, I, so I stayed there for like a week, and then I went and I had to go like look for my apartment in the tiny little town I was staying in. The other thing you're gonna want to do: some programs hold like orientation programs. Mine did but I also missed that one so I missed my orientation program in Belgium and I missed it in France why did you miss it in France I forgot why but I know in France I also had to reschedule that flight (laughs) I don't remember why that time though but I had to reschedule that flight and I missed um maybe probably because of visa issues probably because I didn't do everything on time but yeah orientations are great for like I also had like really hard time making friends both times because I missed the orientation things oh yeah so definitely attend if your program holds it but like not I don't know if Fulbright does but not all programs do but if it does definitely take advantage of that make connections and now once you've like I don't know if I want how much I want to get into finding an apartment because it's honestly really it can be tricky and it also depends on the country you're in and the program so I'm not going to get into that too much same with opening a bank account if you're going to be there longer than four months it really helps to have a bank account. And that is also a huge hassle depending on the country. So I can't get into that too much. Some places it might be easier. In Belgium, it was pretty easy. In France, it literally took like three months. Weren't you there for like three months? In France? Oh, I thought you said in Belgium. No, Belgium it was like, I think it took like a week. It was oh. super fast. In France, it took like, literally, I got it in January. I got there in October. Dang. Yeah. So I like was, had I had no money for like three months. I mean, I had my savings, which was all right but okay so we in episode six we talked about making friends briefly so I think that's um one it's a good episode I like that one but you're gonna want to like of course after you got your bank account after you got your apartment another really important thing you're gonna need not want like want like you really need to make friends in a new country so to do that check out episode six (laughs) we have we discuss it there but also um, talk to people like in your group and like maybe see if there's anyone like close to where you're staying. Maybe connect with them. Uh, there's like expat Facebook groups with like Americans in Paris or like Americans in Mexico. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Leave. <laughs> yeah. Not for your sake, for the Mexican sake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so like I think Facebook's a good race resource to use. Yes theory. I love yes theory. Maybe see if like there's people there. Yeah. And then on to my one of my final points. Adjusting to a new country. Ooh. It sounds <laughs> It sounds like super glamorous. Like I'm going to move to France and Emily be... in Paris. Yeah, literally like living your Emily in Paris fantasy. No psych. It will be hard, especially like the first like month probably. Actually, yeah, I think like the first month will definitely be hard. You will cry. But I think one thing that really helped me was like I kept in touch with like my family and friends back home. So I would like call people pretty regularly. We so, literally FaceTimed like very often. We did. Was that you that would initiate that or was it me or did we kind of switch off? I think it was both. Real ones. <laughs> um, we would like film our little podcasts abroad or like our little fake podcasts abroad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> start like like I said I was working like 12 hours a week so I should have like started hobbies and like not spend 14 hours on TikTok but like 
you know, do a little bit of both. <laughs> <laughs> I did start running though, so that was nice. Or and, like keep up with old hobbies, or maybe like if you hadn't had time to paint in a while, you finally have time to paint. You know. Mm. So hobbies, friends are important. Uh, making friends in your program, Facebook groups, and last but not least, Tinder Ooh. or Bumble, Bumble friends. France had this weird one. I don't know if I talked about this before. I forgot the name of the app. But it's basically like a dating app. I think the US, there's one kind of similar called like Misconnections, where basically, like, I mean, your phone's always tracking your location, but the app like tracks your location. And then it'll show you like people you've like run into throughout the day. That's literally horrifying. Yeah, I was on it for like 10 minutes and then I was like, this is really creepy. I'm deleting it. Because especially because I was like in a tiny town. So I'm like, yeah, let me not. It's awful. It's creepy. Yeah. But they have that in France, so uh, if you're into that, sure. Mm -hmm. And then finally to conclude, this is all for like the American's perspective, but if you're like from a non-English speaking country or if English isn't your first language, like don't let that discourage you. Like this is definitely still a viable career path. You can definitely still do it. My mom knows a woman who has been teaching, she's Mexican I think, and she's been teaching English in Vietnam. Whoa. And apparently, it, like, it pays decent, and, like, the cost of living there is pretty low. So it seems like a good gig. Korea is very strict, so it also really depends on the country. Like, I don't know if that'd be possible, or it would be more difficult in Korea. And then, like I mentioned, there's more hoops to jump through. So, like, you have to take English proficiency exam or maybe have, like, a teaching background. Um, but actually, in my CELTA course that I took, it was through a school in Ecuador. Love Ecuador. I really want to go there one day. And... I was, like, the only person in my group that was, like, a native English speaker because I was from the U.S. or I'm from the U.S. and I think everyone there is Ecuadorian and a lot of them were, like, I was, like, dang, like, I'm a, like, shitty teacher compared to y'all (laughs) because they've been doing it for, like, 20, 30 years. So, yeah, just don't let the fact that you're, like, if you're interested in this career path, don't let that discourage you. So, any final questions, Melissa? I think I've talked about... I mean, I tried to fit everything in, like, the time frame, so I think I managed to do it. Any final questions? Or you um, think I missed anything? I think you got it all. Bet. I hope you guys didn't get too tired of my voice. <laughs> I was just like... <laughs> I know, I did. <laughs> yeah, you were literally yawning at the end. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> all right, y'all. Well, thank you so much for listening well, we hope you enjoyed. And if you have any questions, shoot us an email. Yeah. We, we literally... Questions, comments, concerns. Yeah. We don't get any emails. So it'd be nice to hear from like, you guys. Any topics you want to hear about? Yeah. I'll leave some links below on some of the English programs that I know of. If you just want to say hey. Literally, just hit our, hit our email, guys. We like, it's so lonely. Yeah. Like, I don't think we've ever gotten an email. Not once. <laughs> the only emails in our inbox are the ones from Google. <laughs> yeah. The first person who sends us an email, um, we'll give you a shout out on the blog. Yeah. Yes. All right. I don't know if you want the shout out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. See you next time. Bye. Bye.